Welcome back to Free Trash. I'm Rose Get the Box, and this week we have our very first Scotland fur, all the way from over the waters with B. Hello. Hello. Oh, hi, the <laughs> I'm all right. How are you? I'm not doing too bad now. Yeah, listeners won't get to hear this or see this, but we had a lot of technical difficulties. Wow, I can't speak today. Uh, Thank you, Country Broadbrand. Yay! <laughs> so, this is coming to you from the divine of uh, mobile data and a hope and a dream. So, with that, be introduce yourself, tell people who you are and what you do. Praise be, mobile data. Please hold out on us. Um, so, I am Fee. I'm also known as Fixie. Um, I am the sole proprietor of Selkie Suits. I'm a fursuit maker. Yes, surprise, a fursuit maker on a furry podcast. Who would have thought? <laughs> um, so I'm from uh, Scotland. I'm originally from Aberdeen, uh, but I now live in Fife. Um, I've been all over, um, mostly just Scotland. Um, so yes, so what I do is obviously fursuit making. Um, I'm about Four years in, three years full-time. My first year, I uh, did um, some part-time work as well as doing fursuit making to kind of just get my foot in the door. And um, I could, I'm trying to think of how long I've been in the fandom now, but uh, time escapes me because it's already 2021 and we're in March, which is crazy. But um, I think I've been a part of it for maybe maybe five or six years. Um, I, I did know a furry um, beforehand. Um, I'm quite old <laughs> um so I'm, I'm 32 uh so I'm I'm a I'm late to the fandom normally uh, a lot of people find that when they're younger but I I kind of was a late bloomer as they say so um I uh kind of happened upon it uh in my youth and didn't think anything of it really but um as I got older I just kind of glomped onto fursuits to be honest um I've always been that kid uh, in Halloween who wanted like a giant mascot costume or to dress up as an animal and of <laughs> when I was much much younger um definitely tried to act like an animal most of the time animals are better than humans sorry not sorry it's just truth <laughs> so um so obviously like in my teens I kind of obfuscated that because you know it wasn't cool to kind of do that sort of thing but uh, in my uh, late 20s kind of rediscovered um, fursuiting and saw some amazing videos of uh, conventions and fursuit parades and I was like what are these things this is crazy uh, at the time I was uh, working in uh, television and media I worked for um, Scottish television um, which is <laughs> not that huge mostly people think that uh, folk in Scotland just want to watch uh, Take the High Road reruns but um, so that kind of uh, fell by the wayside but um, I basically tried to do a story on uh, furries um, around about the same time I was trying to do this the, the our uh, production kind of became disbanded so whilst I was uh, trying to find new work in the field I was also getting interested in um, fursuit making and just the the, the general culture um, of uh, creating a persona and, and getting to know people and um, I then basically went through multiple getting jobs that I ended up losing because funding was cut or 
he usually strangely enough funding was cut um to the point that you know I had a degree um I had all this experience but I could only get jobs um in being a receptionist basically which you know no hate on anything like that but it's just not what I'd kind of worked for or what I'd do so I decided right there's this thing that I'm really interested in let's just give that a go let's just go <laughs> full force head on um I took up a, a wee job dog walking and um so I did that maybe three four days a week and then the rest of the time I was trying to teach myself um and then from then on that's kind of just become my full-time job uh thankfully and luckily probably and uh yes that is that is me I think I think up to this point <laughs> So you mentioned there about, you know, you found about creating a persona and like doing all kinds of stuff. How did you create your persona and how does it reflect on you? Well, <laughs> so I, first of all, uh, my main persona fixie is a fox and just not anything very special. It's, it's just something that I thought looked nice. Um, <laughs> um, so she's um, kind of purplish pink with darker purple. Um, spots and accents. Um, I didn't know going into the fandom that there were certain species traits. Uh, so I didn't know foxes were as prolific as they uh, apparently are. Uh, <laughs> so I had no idea about that. Um, so <laughs> yeah, so it, it was it was very strange. I kind of just saw all these things, and I, I've always actually loved foxes. I actually have a large fox tattoo on my arm that I got previous to actually you know finding the fandom and and joining it and being involved so and my favorite animals are foxes and cats um those are the two so um i have two cats so i thought oh i'll maybe make myself a fox create myself as a fox so that's that was my choosing i had no idea at the time that there were uh like people make like the coolest things like <laughs> sometimes like if i have time i hope to kind of maybe kind of maybe rethink not maybe I think Fixie will always be me, but um, just something cooler. I've like seen like snake wolverines and just really awesome hybrids that are just like, wow, I don't have much creativity in my brain. <laughs> so <laughs> um, I'm not that unique in that respect. Um, although I then find it odd that I did um, gravitate towards like canine and vulpine because that's, you know, the, the, the biggest, you know, cluster of species really is canines in the fandom uh so I worked on the Glasgow show and it was at the time a two-hour live show um and I'd never done anything in live television before so it was it was it was crazy intense it was it was really good though um I do mostly remember just the positives of that job like it was high paced it was instant gratification very different to what I do now <laughs> nothing in about fursuit making is instant in the slightest <laughs> so uh um very different and um yeah they just didn't they wanted to do a nightly show in Scott in Glasgow two hours long and they're just there's just not enough stuff so it was everything was stretched really thinly um like the stories weren't that great like the best part of the thing was uh the the news review where they just you know you know looked at the the news and just talked to local people about the news that was interesting but the only problem was is that it was um pre-watershed so you had to really skirt around some issues and so it was just 
it was just pansy if that I don't, I don't know how else to describe it it just wasn't like it wasn't like given their all to actually produce something that Scottish people would like to watch like it obviously didn't last because everything got tanked but at the time they were thinking about having a Aberdeen studio a Dundee studio um Air I think was another place which is not that far from Glasgow um so yeah it was just this really it was an exciting thing to work at the time I then moved to uh, uh, STV Edinburgh because I was more familiar with that side because that's where I studied um excuse me and uh so it was just it was just one of these things that I was I was so disappointed when I left I mean I'm really happy to what I'm doing now but it was just to see something that could have been great just fall on its arse for lack of a better term because there just wasn't enough money invested from the start like it was just from the beginning we were cutting corners you know so it was just it was just really disappointing because it could definitely be done um but it's just the people that were you know in charge were you know old <laughs> and I know it's not demographic but like trying to get people interested in television when it's already you know kind of dying a death because of Netflix and you know YouTube and streaming and instant you know instant um content um they just were way off base um, I don't know if you watched WandaVision you know uh WandaVision introducing today's teens about like you know the evil away for next week and I'm like I used to wait for next week. I know how this thing works. I know it's it's so strange that it's reverted back to that it could, because it was because Netflix kind of came on the scene and they were like, right, you want a season of this? Boom, twelve episodes. You can watch them. You can binge them. You can watch them. Whatever. But increasingly now, even on Net, even Netflix, does this now. We're going back to the week to week, probably because uh, I don't think media companies can keep up with the the ravaging the rampant uh viewers especially obviously because we're all in lockdown as well of, of this past year you know that's all ever anyone's had to do so I think you know they're kind of seeing maybe there was a benefit to you know having to wait a week to watch something um yeah it's odd but yeah so you said to me that you had a long history in like media and production and Scottish television stuff um mm-hmm. you were also part of a furry documentary slash show mini doc I'm not quite sure what to call it. It's just amazing because you're in it, like so many other <laughs> Scottish girls are in it. So, oh. but the thing, um, I'll link it below in the description if you want to have a look at it. It's amazing, honestly. I've done a reaction to it, and I was like, this is probably the best furries in the media I've ever seen. Um, so how did that whole process start? So the thing with the BBC doc is, is that it wasn't BBC who approached me. Uh, because I have links to media, um, one of um, the video producers that I used to work with, his partner was basically looking for a way to get her foot in the door of the industry, but she was more interested in producing, um, I suppose, short pieces like documentary shorts or or, or just kind of um, real life stories. So she approached me and obviously I, I was really good friends with the guy and I was like, of course you can come and, you know, come into my little bedroom and see what I do because <laughs> I don't have uh, uh, any, you know, studio or anything. So um, a very, very tiny bedroom now that I now that I think about it, it feels so, it was such a long time ago now, um, but probably wasn't that long ago. Uh, so she basically approached me saying like I think what you do is really interesting and um, I'd like to pitch it to the BBC but I'll need to film you know a bunch of stuff 
um, because they're doing these um, short series by now and I've kind of put my name in the hat and they've kind of gotten back to me saying, cool, um, you know, send us what you have or, you know, let us know what you've got um, and send it to me. And I think actually now that I'm kind of reminiscing about it, I think before we shot anything or maybe after we shot something, I did get to speak to some BBC producers and they um, just, I think it must have been beforehand because they asked me kind of, you know, what I did and um, not too much about the fandom in general, mostly just centred on me um, and what I did and, you know, showed them a few things and everything was fine. So we like set a date and um, your name is Cam. I have, I have a really bad uh, problem with remembering names myself, so I totally understand. Um, but her name was Cam, and uh, she was really, really lovely. So um, I had two uh, dates to film uh, with her. Um, the second date we arranged kind of after the first date, because basically what we filmed first was the main crux of the interview. So mostly all of the voiceover that you hear is from the one interview um the, the the first one apart from I think a couple of um obviously um talking heads with some people outside the convention that was the second uh day's shooting or hour shooting really because it was a very very quick uh quick shooting day because she had car problems and it was a, a whole thing but anyway uh back to what happened so she came over we sat down we did um a very like I think we maybe spoke for an hour an hour and a half like felt like at least it felt like that way um at least 45 minutes for sure but she basically asked me anything and everything you can think of um to do with suit making but also to do with well why do you make these suits which then obviously leads into what furrydom is um because media media companies they need that hook I was obviously asked about, you know, the sexual side of the fandom, which, you know, shouldn't be a bit. It's 2021. We all know that <laughs> most humans, a lot of humans partake in, you know, sexual acts. It's, it's not that big deal. Um, furries, no different. Um, but obviously those questions came up. I was happy to answer them as much as um, I could. Um, uh, personally, myself, that's not a part of the, the fandom that interests me. Um, to be honest, sometimes I, I kind of call myself more just of a fursuit maker uh just because I I that's about the only part I'm kind of involved in to be honest I was a bit more involved when I first got into it but uh first of making full-time is not easy and it takes up a lot of my time uh hence why I don't even have I have not even created myself a suit which is I think a lot of first makers describing anyway tangent over so <laughs> we talked at length about pretty much everything she asked me questions like what's the weirdest thing that you've had to do and at the time you know a weird thing that I had been asked to do was, you know, for a male customer that they wanted, you know, breasts on their fursuit. Absolutely no problem. And that was fine. And um, that was something that was mentioned in the documentary. And I did say, you know, it was somebody expressing themselves, you know, through their costume, which, you know, I don't have any issues with whatsoever. Um, but obviously that's the only strange thing I can think of because I'm pretty sure this person anyway, you know, they were male. Um, I'm not sure if that's, you know, different now. And um, I'm not really in touch with them anymore anyway. Uh, so um, I'm not sure that's if that's how they identify. But at the time, you know, they identified was male and they wanted a feminine suit. And that's about the scope of the oddness. But obviously to, you know, the public, the normies, 
that is a bit strange, which, you know, who cares about them anyway? How did you like get into first making? Because I know you mentioned in the documentary, which again, I'll have linked below in the description, that, you know, you got into it and stuff. How did that like connect <laughs> together for you? Um, is oh, man, like I'm trying to remember. I mean, I think the first thing I made um was some pause, and I think I followed several tutorials. I think I actually made a post about this on my Twitter at Silky Suits, uh, shameless plug. Uh, <laughs> uh, I posted about it recently because it was um, Facebook loves to remind me how old I am and how much time has passed. Um, but sometimes it's good because I'm like, oh, I've actually come quite far. Uh, so, uh, Basically, so I, I think, I'm not sure what made me want to make, I think it was a little bit of the threat of not really being where I wanted in my career, uh, you know, circling the grand old age of 30 drain pretty quickly and just kind of wanting to take charge. And for some reason in my brain, I thought, I can do this. I could totally do this. But I, I will caveat that uh, that I did keep part-time jobs open because uh, first making does take a lot of initial investment if you're wanting to do this like properly full time. But anyway, um, so yeah, I, I think I just, I watched, I cannot tell you the amount of fursuit parade videos that I watched. Um, just loads of them. I watched those um, Anthrocon. I'm not sure if it was Anthrocon actually. Definitely one of the big ones, but um, Gail Frostbane, she did like um, fursuiting panels and doing acting and stuff. And I'd never seen that before. Um, like people that actually took fursuiting like seriously and not just you know which is fine if people want to do it but stand around like a loon um, like that's fine if you want to do that but like I really like letting go in, in, in suit well when I got my suit I didn't I didn't know about that at the time um, so yeah it was just I got I think I, I had my fursuit at the time I was just kind of looking at it and kind of studying it sort of thing and kind of just trying to wrap my head around how these are made. And then I think I just kind of almost fell into it. Um, I, yeah, I'm just trying to think like what, it kind of all kind of happened at once. Like I made a pair of paws, they were terrible. Um, and then, you know, I think it's the same, or kind of the same for other makers. You know, you make something for your friend and you, they make something for their friend and then they kind of, goes up at that and then I felt confident enough to kind of put myself out there you know commissions are open sort of thing so um but definitely I mean if, if it wasn't for other makers putting on tutorials posting tutorials and stuff um and this is before what I would call at least recently the boom of pattern pattern producers bless them um because there's been a huge influx of people you know putting out patterns so like literally anybody could make their own fursuit now um from top to tail there's a tutorial for pretty much everything but I think uh yeah back you know five four or five years ago it was just, it was definitely the way that I got into it I'm just saying I where can people find you online Aww. and absorb all the amazingness <laughs> you just have radiating around you like when I went to talk to somebody like oh gosh my 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 connections in the UK very fans and be like oh my gosh fee's amazing yes <laughs> get them on the show and I was like okay Oh gosh, uh, that's crazy! That's crazy. I I still feel like I just I'm just this wee old lady in my bedroom that just keeps themselves. That's kind of crazy that people know of me. That's it's strange. Um, <laughs> it's it's lovely, but strange. 
Uh, <laughs> um, so I am usually always on, oh, I'm not always on Twitter, but that's where most of my kind of things are get seen. So I'm at Selkie Suits. I'm hoping people can uh, defer from my Scottish accent what that is. So I'll just spell it out just in case. So that's S-E-L-K-I-E-S-U-I-T-S, Selkie Suits. Um, I have a website that is um, selkiesuits.co.uk, super easy to remember. Basically, I'm Selkie Suits across any social media. The only thing I'm not on is TikTok because I feel like I'm far too old to be on it, but I might foray into just kind of showing off some fursuit stuff on there once I get round to it. I find social media very hard because there's so much of it so <laughs> if you want to keep up with me on the daily definitely uh check me out on twitter i am on instagram but i very much definitely forget to post there when i definitely should be posting there all the lovely links to all those <laughs> in one nice tiny link of instagram twitter and our ko-fi if you enjoy the show and my youtube channel which we was talking about where i link the uh video i did the review and if you enjoy my vibe on there, feel free to subscribe. Um, thank you for coming <laughs> on, like I said, and thank you for tuning in to Furry Trash.